Hey everyone, thanks for joining this episode of Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. I'm delighted to be your host. My name is Demetrius Malbro, Principal Technical Product Marketing Manager here at Puppet. And I'm really excited today to talk with Tim Moisel, Puppet Community Leader, and Robert Mueller, Vox Pupili Tasks Maintainer. So Tim works as a DevOps engineer at a big internet service provider where he develops and maintains a big public cloud platform. And Tim is the driving force behind various open source solutions at work. He is very active at Vox Pupili Maintainer and Project Management Committee member. Tim has been doing work in the DevOps area since 2009 and is pursuing Puppet Solutions since 2012. Recently, he was re-elected to serve on the Vox Pupili Project Management Committee, and he enjoys good barbecue and ice hockey, which are very, very both important things. Hi, Demetrius. I'm doing pretty good. It's sunny weather in Cologne, where I'm sitting at the moment, and uh, had a good day so far. And also, Robert, he works as a DevOps SR engineer at a middle-sized hosting provider where he builds a new cloud platform maintains and develops its infrastructure and software. And in his free time, he works on several IT-related projects, like putting sensors on a foosball table or planters. And also he likes photographing, Legos, and throwing himself off mountains using mountain bikes. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, not so good weather here in uh, Munich, but uh, good day as well. Man, I'm, I'm actually jealous that you guys are in those places that sound really cool to me that I have never visited. So hopefully, hopefully the weather will hold up for, for both of you. Let's go ahead and start with some of the questions that I have for you. I have a lot to, to cover and I am very curious about, you know, what you are both working on. So you have an application that, that you wrote and you, you wrote it in Ruby. Now, how did you get started with Ruby? So for me, um, it started something around seven years ago uh, when I joined another company. Uh, they had some self-written internal applications in Ruby. And uh, in a classic way, the original developer left the company. Someone had to take over maintainership. So I basically had to learn Ruby or I had to write Ruby. I would not say that I understand it or that I'm a perfect developer, but um, I somehow had to get used to it. And that's basically how I started to write small web applications and uh, APIs. And um, they grew over time. And now together with uh, Robert, uh, we are writing something that's pretty big with a huge amount of complex logic. And what about you, Robert? How did you get started with Ruby? Yeah, for me, it's like like six years uh, ago. Um, so the fine thing is that it's the same company as Tim started. And so it's the same set of applications and um, workflows. So I, when I started there, we uh, transformed a existing uh, virtual servers product into some kind of newish, some sort of cloud uh, style uh, product. So we, we wrote our, our backend stack uh, in Ruby. And so that's the way I learned it. Um, and from the day on, I'm used to writing my applications in Ruby. Okay, great. So I guess let's take a step back and I'll probably put the cart before the horse. So you are both involved in Vox Pupili. And 
So can you explain what that is and how you both became involved in that? Yeah, sure. So I think almost seven and a half or eight years ago, Puppet became a real thing and it got distributed to many, many big companies. And people noticed that many system administrators basically always reinvent the wheel with Puppet. So they write some code to manage their web server. Uh, mm-hmm. in one company and the next company basically does the same and um, this doesn't make much sense so uh, if you write it once you could share it with other people and that was the basic idea of Vox Populi that we are a collective of, of system administrators and developers that uh, share puppet knowledge and uh, keep maintaining existing modules to make it easier. So not everybody has to do it on their own, uh, no matter if it's on the free time or on paid time for a company. And I joined the community around four and a half years ago because I was using um, a very good module that the community maintained and uh, I identified a bug, but I wasn't able to fix it on my own because I didn't know much Puppet language back in the days. And on the website of workspopoli.org, there was an ISC chat linked. Uh, I joined the chat and a few minutes later, people were able to um, help me to fix the issue on my own, which was a very, very nice feeling because there were people that I never met living in a completely different culture in a different time zone. And they were just friendly to me and they helped me and that was nice. And um, so I stick to the community and uh, three years later, I was basically elected uh, among four other people as one of their leaders. And I'm now representing Vox Populi on different podcasts like here or on conferences and speak about the community and how everything evolved over time. I appreciate you straightening out the correct pronunciation of it, Vox Populi. And I still I still may have jacked it up, but... I, uh, I think nobody is 100% sure how the correct pronunciation is, uh, but I uh, like to talk with people about it because everybody does it in a different way. And it it's a made-up word, so... Oh, um, really? Yeah. So who, who made it up? It, Robert, did you make it up or did... No, no. Not not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> not your fault. All right. And so so Robert, how do you pronounce it then? I would say Vox Populi. Okay. But, but I'm right. also not sure what's what's the correct way. That's what we're gonna go with. Vox Populi. All right. So uh, so also just moving moving a little deeper into um, the Vox Populi task and the application that you wrote. I, I remember having a conversation with you, Tim, and you talked about uh, an email. That, that went out to about 150 people, like it uh, spammed uh, all of these people. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? I think that would be interesting to share. Yeah. So um, first of all, I think I need to explain a bit what we do in our application. So we identified that there are many manual ways uh, when we review code um, as a contributor in the community. There are many, many tasks that we need to do and they take up a bunch of time. One of those tasks, for example, is that um, we get a pull request where somebody changed code, and to this pull request, we can attach a label for something. uh, For example, we can mark the pull request as something that fixes a bug 
or it updates the documentation or it, it provides a new feature. So we can put the new code in a few categories, but we can also attach a label when the person that initially created it needs to keep working on it because uh, it's not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And we try to automate this. So we attached a label to it and uh, posted automatically a notification in it saying, hey, uh, person, thanks for your contribution. It looks pretty good, um, but please take a look at it again. You need to fix a few things. Okay. And uh, when the person does a change, uh, we automatically can remove the label again. So we know everything without a label is something that we need to look into with our own eyes. Uh, that was the basic idea of it. Sadly, Robert and I messed up the implementation a bit and we attached the label and we noticed, oh, there is a new change, basically the new label. So we removed it again. And this was basically happening in a loop, which triggered sending out emails for every change that we did. Mm. And we have roughly 150 people that get notifications for every change. So uh, we created a lot of spam and yeah. So, so out of those 150 people, how many of those people blocked you? <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, are no longer your friends? That, that's a good question. Uh, happily, I don't have numbers about that. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. And um, let's see. So it sounds like the initial write-up was kind of an accident, uh, right? So I guess you event you may have modified it a little bit more and it turned out to be more of what you were expecting it to do. Is that right? Um, yeah. So the, the first uh, idea came initially from, from Tim and was like one big Ruby script that downloaded some files, uh, checked for version numbers and that sort of thing. And at one point we talked about it and said, yeah, for especially for, for newcomers like I am, because I never had any uh, connections to, to Vox Populi before this point. And um, it's very hard to, to get an idea of what's happening and what could be done to help the community. So we uh, thought there, there must be an, a, a better way to visualize these tasks and um, to maintain some boring stuff. So that's what we then did. Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about the, the spam that was generated by accident. Um, what would you say are some of the pain points that you both were trying to solve with this application that you wrote? I would say the, the reason we, we started this is that there are many, many uh, repositories on, on GitHub and you have to repeat a lot of steps on each of them. For example, attach labels, ensure that labels exist, um, check for pull requests if they are broken, um, merge them if they are not. And that's a big pain, pain point we try to resolve, I would say. Okay, so, so this is our open source, right? So can you explain how, I guess, open source contributions work? Uh, there are, I guess, a lot of repos and a lot of pull requests that, that change often, and sometimes they, they require interaction. Can you go into that a little bit? So we have got a list of all the different open source projects that we maintain, and I think here, Vox Populi is already special compared to other open source projects because we not only maintain 
one project. We are a big collective of developers and we have around 180 different smaller projects and we need to maintain all of them and all of them are very similar. So yeah, we have our list of all the different projects and uh, they are all available on forge.papa.com or on GitHub and people, mostly system administrators working in companies, they need to automate something. They notice, um, for example, the earlier mentioned uh, web server that needs to be automated and they are looking for Puppet code that can do this for them because they don't want to reinvent the wheel and they find a module that we published on the Puppet Forge, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, on the Puppet Forge are links um, to create a new issue, basically for, for two different types. Uh, the first type uh, that always makes me a bit sad is when somebody wants to report a bug because that, yeah. that always means that we did something wrong and we need to fix it. Um, but people can also request a new feature that we never thought of and that we never mm-hmm. considered and that uh, we will implement. And um, another big part is that people can, of course, create patches in the form of a pull request. So if a user of our software is a bit more familiar with Puppet, um, the person can check out the source code locally, uh, write some patches. If he's really awesome, uh, also create a test for it, uh, submit it to us as a pull request. And we have around 150 people that are able to review and merge such a patch that we receive. So this process is pretty straightforward. The issue that we have is that we receive many pull requests per week. And at the moment, we have around uh, 550 that are open that need to be reviewed. Yeah. Do you, you don't manage this stuff by yourself, do you? It's, it's a community, right? So it's a lot of different people jumping in to help out, right? Exactly. So um, everybody that helps out is doing it in their free time. Um, mm-hmm. They don't get paid for it. The 150 people always sounds like a huge number. But most of them only do it a few hours a week, uh, maybe on a Saturday afternoon when it's raining outside, something like that. So um, sadly, not 150 full-time employed people. Yeah. What, what type of people are these? Are these like hardcore developers and IT practitioners or are, are there any like decision makers like CIOs involved with this stuff? I know that's a crazy question, but I want to know who the audience is. It's pretty mixed. So. I think most people that talk about their role uh, in a company that they work for report that they are system administrators working in smaller teams and mm-hmm. they use Puppet at work. And the people often use very outdated software, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, many of them are not used to writing patches. That's something that we uh, learned in the past. So. A person that's very active in the open source community knows that to get a patch applied in an open source project, you need to propose a patch as well. So we can verify that the change itself works with the test. But this doesn't seem to be very common in a company. So um, in a company, people always just write code and assume that it works. That's the impression that I have. Um, mm-hmm. because th- that's the biggest pain point that we have with newcomers in the community. Most of them can write pretty good puppet code that looks sane, um, but only the people that are used to open source are able to write tests as well. And only those people are able to 
explain what their code does. Because if I'm working in a company and I have only three coworkers or five or six, um, right. I know how, how they think and I know what I need to do that they understand the code that I write, but it's something completely different explaining my code in a very short message over the internet to a random stranger. So mm. um, yeah, the, okay. the background of the people is pretty mixed. So what about, I guess, the different levels of individuals that like, let's say a new person wanted to get started using it. What What's the skill set level? Is this for like a novice or someone who has like a really um, beefy expertise who's been coding for several years? Or is there a mix, like, like you said, like what type of person would make the perfect person to actually join the uh, community? I think every skill level is totally fine. People need to be open-minded about technology. That's important and open-minded to new people, but everything else we can teach. And uh, we have pretty good documentation uh, mm -hmm. where people can learn how things need to be done. And I think it's very important that from time to time people join that don't have much coding experience because they have a completely different point of view. And that's important for the whole community because otherwise you're getting a sort of lockdown because you're too focused, uh, your view, your point of view is too narrowed down and that's not good. So getting fresh people in that are open-minded uh, is, is always nice. Okay, yeah, it, it is always great to, to get a, a fresh new perspective. I, I do agree with that. Uh, what, what are you currently working on right now that, that you haven't released? Are there any future things that, that you're working on that you would like to release soon and try to solve a certain type of problem, any one of you? So the last thing we worked on is um, that we encountered a bug with the GitHub API, or we, we have a bug in our application that we cannot use the the labeling um, of the pull requests Tim um, mentioned earlier. So that's a big thing we are working on to get this fixed. Another big milestone that a lot of people ask us is to use the application not only for Vox Populi um, as the GitHub ad, uh, organization, but um, also within their company because a lot of people using um, internal uh, modules uh, within their company. So that's a, a large milestone we often uh, think about because that involves a completely new way of, of using the GitHub API or maybe also the GitLab API if mm -hmm. people are hosting their modules somewhere else. Okay, and I guess around anyone who is listening to the episode right now and would really like to maybe join Vox Populi, what, what type of contribution do you think would really help out the, uh, the community right now? Is there anything that you can think of that, that is missing, that's needed? Um, especially for the, for the application we are writing, I would say uh, people who are very familiar with the GitHub API would be very helpful. Okay. Because we are often scrolling down um, documentation and uh, are guessing stuff. So that would be nice. And besides that, I think every contribution is most welcome. So no matter what kind it is, the, the usual way how people get involved in open source is that they read the documentation of something. They notice the documentation is outdated or contains um, some typing errors and they fix the documentation and provide a very, very small pull request, which just changes like two or three lines 
And many people say that those contributions are not valuable and many people don't want to make this, but that's such an important step because the documentation of a project is the entry point for every newcomer. And if the documentation is bad, it doesn't matter how awesome your, your code is uh, because nobody knows how to use it. And so nobody will use it. So even small changes like updating a readme in a repository is awesome. And uh, we are always happy to review such changes and merge them. Okay. And how would someone actually join uh, Vox Pupuli? So we have multiple ways to interact with us. Um, we've got an IC channel, uh, but also a mailing list. And the third option is uh, a Slack channel. All of those information are provided on our website, boxpopuli.org, where people can check it out and they just can start interacting with other people that are already in the community or just people that use the software that we provide. Okay. And Tim, I have to mention this. You you love barbecue. Do do you smoke and grill barbecue yourself, or do you just like to buy it and eat it? <laughs> uh, I like to do it uh, both on my own uh, if I find suitable weather and and time, especially for smoking. Do you have like a special like smoker, like an expensive one, or you just kind of use a regular regular charcoal griller? Oh, that that's a funny side story. All right, let's let's hear it. I think like. 2017 or something, Puppet made an event where everybody could join the Puppet ISC channel. Mm -hmm. And um, you could just interact with all the employees and discuss uh, open issues uh, or just provide uh, patches, basically a a virtual hackathon. Mm -hmm. And for 24 hours, every hour, uh, a random nickname was selected. And this person uh, got a gift card for an online shop. And I won the last gift card during that hackathon. And from this gift card, I bought my first smoker. Ah, okay. And I used it the first time for a meetup for a small Linux distribution. And yeah, I made a meetup somewhere in Germany. Hmm. So um, the smoker has an open source history, basically. Really? Okay. Uh, yes. So I have a special connection to my smoker because hmm. of this story, uh, but it's, it's nothing fancy. It's just uh, a proper one that, that works. Yeah. So, so the, does, does your smoker have an app and maybe you've, you've written, um, you've used Puppet to automate an alert if the temperature drops to a certain level? No, uh, I always had that in mind, uh, but I never had the time to. Honestly, I already have something to measure the the temperature that I could use in an application, but I had no time yet to connect it to Puppet. Yeah, but <laughs> right. I always have that in my mind. <laughs> yeah. So Robert, I'm I'm not forgetting about you, and I can't stop thinking about you throwing yourself off of a mountain with your mountain bike. Tell us about that really quickly. Uh, so I, I lived uh, several years in an area of Germany where there are a lot of small mountains and there are, typically there are bike parks. Um, so if you are going uh, skiing or snowboarding in the winter, the mountains are empty in the in summer. So mm-hmm. on some places um, you can use those lifts to get up with your mountain bike and then ride down the hill. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big sport all over the world. So you can call it mountain biking. Some people call it enduro yeah. or uh, some sort of thing. So I'm trying to do this uh, from time to time. And now I moved to, to Munich. 
and uh, here are the Alps. So these are much bigger mountains and much longer ways down. So it's pretty fun. Wow, the Alps. I would love yeah. to see the Alps. Um, so as far as Legos, Lego building really quickly, like what is the most awesome thing that you have built with Legos? It's, it's not that I built huge stuff. I, I recently received all the Lego from my, from my parents and they found it in their house. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's for most child, it's one, it's one big bag of all Legos mixed up together. And now my job is to, to separate them uh, to their uh, original uh, uh, articles and what they're used to be. So mm -hmm. I, I try to puzzle them together, order the missing pieces, and uh, looking at the the build instructions to try to yeah separate them all. And it's a big mess. <laughs> I can imagine. So everyone, you you've heard that barbecue and Legos and mountain biking they all have something to do with automation and um, using Puppet to to be awesome. Uh, Robert and Tim, can you let the listeners know how to, I guess, maybe reach out to you on social media, if you'd like. Sure. Uh, I'm available on Twitter as Bustle's blog. Uh, besides that, I'm available as Bustle Freak on every bigger platform, mentioning Freenode, uh, where we have our IC channel, but also under the same name at GitHub. I'm available uh, at GitHub as Flippus. Um, and on all other platforms as well. Um, one exception is Twitter. There, my nickname is uh, Was Eins Nicer Dude. Uh, it's a bit complicated to spell, I guess. Yeah, if you have questions, feel feel free to ask and feel free to reach out to me. You can also write me mail. So that's the list on GitHub as well. Okay, well, I, I truly enjoyed the conversation. I, I learned quite a bit about Vox Populi. And once again, I am probably jacking the name up, but that's kind of what I do, right? Um, but... Thank you all so much for uh, joining, pulling the strings. I really appreciate it. And I would like to thank, you know, both of you for sharing with us on Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. 